question. Are you ready to reach new limits? It's time to change your family tree and redefine industry. Enough with all the cliche, cookie-cutter recommendations about finance, business, and life. You found the podcast to give you the tips you need to create the unconventional lifestyle and outcomes you've always wanted. It's time to build your own systems and play your own game. You're tapped in with the one and only Dan Nicholson, and this is Rigging the Game Podcast. Listeners, I am super excited to share with you that my book, Rigging the Game, How to Achieve Financial Certainty, Navigate Risk, and Make Money on Your Terms, is finally available. If you want more details, check it out at riggingamazon.com. Jay, thanks so much for coming on. Really happy to uh, have you on today. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Uh, It's an honor for me to be here talking CCA with you today. Well, great. Well, we've really had a chance to get to know each other through the last cohort of uh, CCA. So it's been a pleasure not only to to meet you, but what I, I've appreciated that your spouse has come out to events. And it's just kind of an honor to me to when uh, it extends beyond uh, just the student and into the family. So I, I appreciate that first off. Uh, and with that, I like to ask the tell me about yourself, but not necessarily the resume version what is it that you want people to know about who you are as a, as a person? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I could tell you what got me interested in the CCA. Um, you know, I've been a business owner for 20 years now. So, you know, invested in numerous businesses, some good, some not so good. Um, <laughs> you know, the biz, the business that uh, has carried me for the past 19 years financially has been my tax businesses. And, you know, I, own currently own three offices and you know at one point I owned five but last year I decided that you know after putting some thought behind it that it wasn't you know something that I really wanted it wasn't bringing me closer to what I really wanted in life you know um, there wasn't the balance you know in the sense that you know it can't be a parent husband family member for half the year you know and that's the kind of business that I felt like it was um, and that's why I joined a CCA program. Um, you know, if I, if I were to move on from this business that's carried me financially for 19 years, um, you know, I want to make sure I had the proper guidance and the frameworks in place so I don't make a wrong decision. You know, I mean, I didn't want to sit there and waste another two, three, five, ten 10 years and find out that it was a wrong decision, you know, um, you can see by the white hair that I have that <laughs> I, I can't waste away any more valuable years of my life. So, um, yeah, that's how I got into CCA. My kids have started telling me that I have white hair, too, and I just keep telling them it's really blonde hairs. So I feel you on the white hairs. Um, I think uh, we're kindred spirits to some extent from my perspective, because you mentioned you have a tax business. I've run a tax business uh, for years, too, or primarily tax business. And... Um, we talk about in the CCA program this idea of rhythms, industry rhythms. And uh, I know that that's informed some of your your decisions. So do you mind sort of talking about how um, understanding the rhythm of your business has impacted some of the, the decisions you've made in the last three to six months? Yeah, um, I could tell you the trend I've had for the past 19 years, um, like, the, you know, the industry rhythm of the tax business is, you know, you have one deadline after another, which you can't really control. Um, 
you know the the spurts or the the when the, the busy times you can't control the rush you know um no matter how much you want to it's just it's just something that you can't prepare for um and it's it's pretty grueling uh some of the the, the biggest rhythm that I dealt with in this industry is right after tax season because I deal with the thoughts of I, I want to get out <laughs> you know I'm like I'm done with this I'm exhausted I'm beat um you know I need to find something else to move on from and that's what usually led me to some making making a lot of impulse decisions emotional decisions um because I was I wanted out so bad so bad you know uh you, you could call that quick relief you know from the pain that had to go through so um those those decisions haven't worked out too well over the past 19 years uh, but I, I didn't realize it until you know cca and when you started talking about rhythms and i'm like yeah this this is why i act the way i do this is why i feel the way i do um this is why i might need a scotch of glass every night during tax season <laughs> i mean you know so it, yeah. it's uh the rhythms really hit the spot i mean uh that was a turning point for me um to just be able to see it and seeing the trends and why it was happening yeah so the tax business we've got these deadlines 315 415 we do these tax extensions and uh, i think most people who aren't in the business know that it's grueling but they don't necessarily understand how grueling it is because to a large degree each client when you start working on their return it's like russian roulette you don't know if they're getting a refund or if they owe if they get a refund they're like man jay you're the smartest person in accounting like you really know your stuff you know the person i worked with last year i owed i can bring your stuff to you like you work some magic and you probably did work some magic but some of it is how much did they pay in and how did the tax laws change and so on and so forth that same uh, that same person next year comes in, they owe. They're like, Jay, did you have like a head injury? Like, you're terrible. And so each client, each tax return, each meeting, it's such an up and down. And during this um, tax season, you're working a tremendous amount of hours and you're going between people who are being incredibly rude and mean to people who are being really nice and a lot of it's outside of your control. And so you get to the end of it, and I'm projecting, you get to the end of it. I mean, I had this experience, if my wife and I started dating, I prepared her return the first year we were dating. She owed, her dad had always done her return in the past. She's like, are you sure my dad, who has no background in accounting, shouldn't take a look at this? Like, I thought, you know, even people who love you, if they owe, they're like, I don't know if you know what you're doing. So. You go through all that, you work a tremendous amount of hours and you get to the end of it and you go, I don't think I can do another year or another cycle of these hours and the roller coaster of people loving and hating you. And, um, and so we talk about that as an industry rhythm. You can't change the fact that that's how the industry is, that there's deadlines. Um, what happens is we make business decisions business decision rhythms or a personal rhythm uh, that can destroy everything that we've done, all the progress we've made. And so I share so I share these things in CCA from my own personal experience. And so Jay and I, Jay, I think we're similar. I, for years, I would get to the end of tax season and I'd want to start another business. I'd 
do a new marketing campaign. It's like, there's gotta be something different. And then I dig a, di dig a, a ditch that I have to bury out. And I'm almost guaranteeing myself having to do the next tax season because I now spent so much <laughs> on these new things. So, so kind of, uh, kind of shifting into what we were going to talk about today, which is uh, we have these four commandments as part of our certainty operating system. The fourth one is we need to bias uh, making decisions, investments, et cetera, that has asymmetry to the upside. And that just basically means that either that it has significantly more benefit than it has downside and potentially, hopefully no downside. But oftentimes, most of us have made bets where we have more downside than upside and we've tied up our resources. I'm either gonna be uh, make a bunch of money or I'm gonna be homeless. Like, okay, well, homeless seems worse than making that 10 grand that you were working towards. So I know you've ingested that information and you, you've uh, got some things that you're working on, but uh, how has asymmetry to the upside changed your decision-making? I mean, the first thing is just taking a look at all the investments I've made in the past and just uh, looking at were all those bets asymmetric to the upside, um, and just and then realizing that most of them were not, and just seeing how they weren't, um, that helped me understand a lot as far as the decisions I made in the past. Um, but you know, I think sometimes you make these emotional decisions and you only think about the upside, but you never look at the consequences and what could possibly happen. You know, um, for example, I, I, I opened a fitness center. Um, I, I always wanted to be, uh, you know, fitness was my thing. And, you know, I was like, I'd love to get into this industry, but I've never worked in the industry. I've, I don't know nothing about it. Um, and I only looked at the upside. I looked at, oh, wow, I'm going to finally be able to do something that I'm passionate about. But I didn't look at that 10 year lease on a 12,000 square foot space that I was locking myself into. Um, and also the fact that I didn't have any knowledge in the business. And I also didn't look at the fact that it's a franchise where I have no room to make adjustments. Um, it's, you know, the, the model is the model and you can't change anything because it's a franchise. Um, so I kind of locked myself into this investment and then only looked at the upside. Um, but, you know, I realized I was like, man, there's a lot more downside in that investment that I never even considered. You know, and there's a, there's, there's a list goes on and on whenever I go through my investment. Oh. Yeah, it's easy when you learn these principles or you have a new orientation to to feel a bunch of shame and, and guilt. Uh, how have you managed to kind of recover from reviewing those past investments and and what sort of what have you done with that information? I mean, well, yeah, I looked at my past investments. I look at where I'm at currently. I mean, seeing where I was in the past, seeing where I'm at right now. And just, man, I just feel so confident. I just feel, I, I feel like whatever I do next is gonna be well calculated. You know, um, you know all, all the, I mean, there's so many principles and, and they all tie together. Um, and it, it just, it, it, you know, like the, like the barbell strategy ties in all those principles and commandments all into one, it seems to me. And um, I just feel, I, I feel very confident that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I compile, I analyze, I do all the things I haven't done in the past, yeah. you know, um, and the, all bets will be to the upside. And I, I will consider downside from now on because, 
you know, I can't afford to lose it all, you know, like you said, be homeless, you know. Um, so there's some things are not worth it. You know, if my if my barbell is balanced, then there's no need to swing it one way. Yeah. So uh, barbell, just to kind of tie it together for the listeners, is this uh, concept. Um, uh, Nicholas Nassim Taleb has probably made it the most famous, um, but it predates that. And it's this idea that you know, barbell has weight on both sides and there's a bar in between. And so we want to think about our investments or our businesses in this this sort of concept where on one end we have very a very reliable predictable source of income on the other end is only opportunities that have significant upside they might not be reliable probably aren't reliable but they have significant upside and we don't want anything in the middle and what we end up seeing is is that either someone only has one side of the barbell or more likely they have everything in the middle. So they don't have a reliable business and they don't have any businesses that have significant upside. Now, just from personal experience, CPA firm, that should be a highly reliable business, right? But what can happen is when we try to make it more than it isn't, like we try and turn it into a 10X business, it's a relationship-based business, it's very hard to 10X a relationship-based business in a short period of time. We make all these bets and we move it from being reliable to in the middle. It's never going to be something that's going to cash us out overnight. Um, we're trying to make it that, or I've tried to make mine that at times. Again, a lot of things that I teach are from my own mistakes and learnings uh, the hard way. And so we try to make it upside and we leave it in the middle. So it's neither reliable and it's never going to cash us out. And so the action is how do we move it to one side? How do we get it over to reliable or upside? And it turns out that frees up a lot of resources. I think you've experienced this. When I stop trying to make my accounting firm something more than it isn't, and I just make it reliable and I make it as profitable as possible, now I freed up all the time and resources to reallocate it to the big home run place. So you've done that. Um, and how has that improved your life and... Uh, what does your family and spouse <laughs> think about it? Because the CPA firm business, accounting firm business is really tough on spouses and family. Oh, it is for sure. Um, it just, I mean, it, to just to know where you're at, like, I mean, if I, if I never would have even considered, hey, where am I at on this barbell? Like, do I have my reliable investments? Uh, do I have, am I playing it on the other side as well? Um, and when I took at the overall picture of where I, my current state, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly balanced even without my tax business. Mm. Um, so that actually helps me move on from that. Um, but I don't think I, I don't think I would have even thought in that terms if I didn't think about or analyze it in that sense. Like if I went to put everything I have into that model, I never would have even thought about that. But I, I feel comfort knowing that, hey, I am still in a good place without it. So then the tax business is pretty much me chasing more, um, you know, than, you know, getting what I really want out of life. And I, I, I think I, what I realized is I need to have confidence in myself to know that I, I, could, I, could, I could find something better that's going to be more reliable and more fit my, the model that I want. It's just the certainty of misery over the misery and certainty that you, know, <laughs> like you always hear about. And I've, I've been doing that for a while now. So 
Um, I just had, I just, now I'm in a different space where I've had the confidence where I know I could, I, I need, I can move on. We talk about there's the currency of money, but there's also the currency of time and energy and so on and so forth. What has that done for your time and energy? And yeah, like the, the I mean, with the, when you look at the tax business on the, if you look at the reliable side of it, the financial side of it is reliable. I mean, it's recession proof. You're going to make money and it's going to, you're going to have that money coming in every year, but you're gambling when it comes to your time and energy every year. Right, because you don't know it's a seasonal business, so you never know what type of employees you're gonna get because you can only hire seasonally. The good ones will find jobs somewhere else, the bad ones will come looking for jobs again during tax season, right? So, you know, so then you're gambling as far as hey, this year I might end up with a good staff, or I'm you know, um, you know, if I do, then I'm set, but if I don't, then I'm you know, and yeah. playing the fire again. You know, so yeah, time and energy was on the wrong side of the barbell. Financially, as one, it doesn't, it wasn't, it wasn't all bets to the upside. Now you've started a, a new program, I think, teaching uh, teaching some kids some of these concepts and principles. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, you know, going through CCA, there's there's a thought that kept running through my head is like, man, I wish I would have known this when I was younger. You know, um, I would have made a better decision. Um, maybe I want to make the decision at all. And I'm like, you know, it took me such a long time to figure it out. But, you know, kids, if, if, if kids were able to pick up some of these principles um, and frameworks at a young age, they'll prepare them before they make these wrong decisions. I mean, I, they say, you know, learn from your failure, you know, um, but you know, you don't have to do that, you know, knowingly. I mean, you could, you could, you could avoid it. You can make calculated decisions and still make mistakes. At least it's a calculated decision. Um, but now people are just making decisions blindly, you know, to start off their careers, which is, which is a problem. So that's where I got the idea of base case and build where, you know, setting up weekly meetings, I have a 15 year old son. Um, you know, my first thought is I can't sit there and Hey, let's talk CCA principles at home. You know, I mean, it's just like I'm lecturing you, you know? So I was like, if I create a program with other kids, his age, um, and we talk about some of these principles together, um, and then their their tasks are to go and talk to their parents about it. So then, you know, they start having conversations as a family as well and see different perspectives, then it's going to stick. You know, um, one, I I love the way you taught the CCA, um, you know, you, you, you continuously, repeatedly mentioned over and over again some of these principles. And it, you know, like you said, you might be in a different mind frame, a set or frame where it sticks, right? It might not, in the beginning, it's just like, okay, okay. And then finally, okay, now I get it, you know? Um, so I, I kind of, I'm kind of using the same methods when I'm teaching this um, weekly, having these weekly calls with the kids. Yeah, um, what you're alluding to, what I, um, what we start every CCA class when we get into the operating system, uh, t- where I talk about the orientation, least amount of risk, least amount of effort, most amount of options to fund what you want on your terms, and we go into it. And the thought that I had was that I need to say it enough times that my students are annoyed by it. And they're like, I know what Dan's about to say. Because that's the point in which I've done my job. Right? They know what I'm going to say next. In which case, 
maybe it's not reflexive at that point, but it's enough that they're going to catch themselves sooner than later. Because really, we're trying to to not be perfect. We're trying to recover faster from a bad mistake. And so uh, that's awesome. You know, with your kids, hopefully at some point, and maybe already, your son's like shrug, like, yeah, okay, Dad, I know what you're going to say. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm doing the exact same thing. Um, there's a recap every day and it's going over the same things that we've talked about. Um, I've noticed the conversations I'm having with him are different, um, which is, I mean, I'm, I mean that's, that's a sign. Um, the parents are already telling me that the conversations that they're having and they're seeing the difference as well um, because they soak up so much. We don't even realize how much they can soak up. Um, it might not seem like it because they might not be responsive, mm-hmm. but um, they're taking it all in. Well, uh, just to recognize you, I mean, I, I appreciate uh, the consistency in the way that you showed up to class. And uh, it's clear to me that amongst your peers in the cohort, like people look to you, they want to know what Jay has to say. And uh, nothing makes me feel better <laughs> than to know that you're out there in the world uh, teaching kids, teenagers, a different different orientation. So uh, that I'm proud of you. and. That gives me a sense of pride as well. So, so thank you for the work that you're doing. Sincerely. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, you're the man. You, you've, you've, uh, you know, what you teach in CCA is just amazing stuff. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on, and uh, hope to see you in person soon. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, Jay. I hope you enjoyed today's show as much as I did. If you're interested in learning more about my book, Rigging the Game: How to Achieve Financial Certainty, Navigate Risk, and Make Money on Your Terms go to riggingamazon.com. If you're interested in joining our next cohort in the Certainty Certified Advisor Program, go to certaintyu.com.